fresh, dynamic, and totally prepared. Here's Patricia Raskin with Positive Living on the leader in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Positive Living. I'm always happy to be part of Voice America because Voice America's goal is to provide live programming on the Internet worldwide that helps you, the listener, make informed decisions in your personal and professional life. Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I, and that's why I'm here. My program, Positive Living, which has been on Voice America now for three years, brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. You can call us on Mondays. We're here Mondays live at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we'll be broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And you can call us on Mondays at 888-335-5204. have an interesting program for you today. It's a little on the business side, but it's also very practical in terms of helping us in our personal lives to set our goals and to really get the things that we need. My guest today is Stephen Strausser, and Stephen is a Ph.D. He's a clinical professor at Thunderbird, the Garvin School of International Management, where he teaches entrepreneurship. His new book is MBA in a Day, What You Would Learn at Top-Tiered Business Schools If Only You Had the Time. Um, Dr. Strausser is the founder and CEO of the Center for Professional Development, an organization dedicated to the further training and development of professionals. Dr. Strausser's MBA in a Day seminar series brings leading-edge concepts and principles taught in today's best business schools to professionals everywhere. Welcome, Dr. Strausser. Well, thank you. Tell us, this is a pretty big promise that you make, you know, an MBA in a day. Is, that, is it really possible to do that in a day? Or well, is this just a catchy well, title? Yeah. I, I say in the very first sentence of the book, actually, that uh, no, it's it's not possible to get an MBA degree in a day, but uh, it is possible um, by reading my book to get uh, really in a single day, a 380, a 309-page day, albeit, um, the essential business concepts and principles that are found in top-tier business schools. Mm-hmm. And you target to professionals like physicians and lawyers and architects who make a good living, but many times, particularly the physicians, they don't always have the business head. So they're very busy focusing on their career and how to help patients or to help clients and other professions, but they don't always have that organizational business mind. Agreed? Exactly. And that, that really, um, it was positions that really got me thinking about this whole idea. Yeah. When I was, um, I was teaching in um, the MBA program at University of Arizona in Tucson and uh, teaching the MBA program, and I started noticing how many physicians were taking my class. And mm-hmm. even though we have a medical school down the, down the street, and in talking to these physicians, it became clear what was keeping them awake at night was not the, not the medical part of their mm-hmm. practice, whether it was the business side. Yeah, and, and there are many physicians that actually mismanage their practices and go under because of those kinds of decisions, not because of the clinical. 
Absolutely. And, and unfortunately, uh, I think most any physician probably knows uh, one or two colleagues um, in their community that have really had some pretty adverse um, problems when they have entrusted totally all the business aspects of their practice to somebody. Mm-hmm. And by not being at least sensitized to the principles of business, um, mm-hmm. you know, they can be uh, disadvantaged and uh, sometimes there's some pretty uh, unfortunate fortunate results. Mm-hmm. What are some of the main, what would be the first thing that you would say to anyone, be it physician, attorney, architect, professional, who's doing well, what's the first thing you would say? I would say go take a look at your balance sheet. <laughs> what would you say? Well, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, getting a handle on the financial side of your business is absolutely, you know, fundamentally critical. And uh, after all, I mean, the financial statements are the way we keep score and the right. way that we, you know, we create the lifeblood of our business, which is cash and cash flow. Um, so, yes, um, you know, getting a good a good handle on your business, understanding the performance benchmarks for your business. So, mm-hmm. Keeping, you know, daily records and being able to compare it to, you know, previous periods and uh, trying to uh, determine the um, effectiveness of maybe some of the promotional efforts that you take in your business, uh, trying to measure things. So that, you know, that all, all that quantification uh, is, is important. But also, I would say a fundamental importance is the uh, recognition that uh, you as a professional, and even, you know, beyond professionals, small business people, entrepreneurs, people starting home-based businesses even, um, you can't do it alone. You have right. to, uh, you, there are only so many hours in a day, there's only so much bandwidth that we have as human beings, and to be able to pick the right people to help us succeed becomes absolutely uh, imperative. Yeah, and it, it does sound like that's the key is a lot of the mismanagement, as you said, is not finding the right people. But you know what? How do you know? And I think, you know, what your book is saying is maybe you don't have to know. Maybe you can read the book and do it yourself or at least be able to make a better decision in who to bring in. Right. I mean, it, it, what is um, probably as important as anything is to identify the gaps that you have. And, you know, do your own um, sort of SWOT analysis, strengths and weaknesses, threats and opportunities, and, um, and identify the, uh, the management gaps or the um, performance gaps that you have. Recognize what your strengths are, but also recognize that there are some areas that you might need to fill in and go out and find the best people to help you with that. Mm. And what would you say is the key, one of the major key areas that you find people kind of drop the ball or have problems in? Is there well, one I, that stands out? Pardon? Is there one that stands out more than another? Well, I yeah, I think there there's one. I mean, we talked about the financial side earlier, but I think there's also a big area of myopia among, uh, especially among smaller businesses, but also among professionals. And that, there is an old uh, saying in business, uh, nothing happens until the cash register rings. And Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. the saying is talking about is the importance of marketing and simple salesmanship um, Mm -hmm. and getting the word out about your organization. And, you know, we, we tend to focus on the process or the, you know,
know, the core competency that we have. So even, let's say we have a plumbing business, we focus on being the best plumber we possibly can be. Right. But unless the world knows that we are the best plumber, uh, that best plumber's business is going to be fairly confined. The only thing with that, though, is sometimes isn't it confusing to figure out exactly where to market? You know, you have the magazine, you have the newspaper. I mean, how, how do you really know which is the right thing? I mean, you're going to make a calculated guess, but isn't some of it um, trial and error? I, I think that's absolutely right. Um, I mean, if you look at the all the different forms of advertising that are available to most any um, business person or professional today, it's really staggering. And, you know, depending on the um, on the study, um, consumers are uh, faced with anywhere between three and 7,000 messages per day from different media sources. And so the, the business person has to really um, understand what media choices um, make the most sense and return the, the best dollars. There's a, there's a great saying attributed to John Wanamaker, um, the Philadelphia re- retailer, uh, department store retailer in Philadelphia, who um, who was uh, said to say, um, you know, I know that half of all of my advertising dollars are wasted. The only problem is I don't know which half. <laughs> <laughs> That's really a problem, isn't it? Yeah, well, that and, really and is. Uh, absolutely, and so you know, today we, you know, we do have some ways to measure. I mean, the internet, for instance, um, provides us with a pretty good way to me- uh, measure mm-hmm. return on our investment in advertising. But, but what about what about an office? Let's say a physician's office or a lawyer's office, where really the most of your callbacks are going to be by phone, or most of your hits in a sense will be by phone. So, do you think that you should always say to new people, "Where did you hear about us"? I, I, I do. I really think that um, you you have to you have to really understand uh, where your advertising dollars are paying off, and I think that's an absolute must. You know, where did you hear about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I think we have time for another question. How do you also know? Now, this is interesting because I've seen this happen in business where you'll do you'll spend a lot of money, go to a really fancy high priced ads agency. And they make you a really snappy radio or TV commercial. And it's, and I guess the question is, how do you know that's working? And if it's negative, is that a good sign? Here's what I mean. Sometimes you'll have a commercial that's outrageous. I mean, you see it on television all the time. And you say, that is the stupidest thing. (laughs) Or I just, I don't like that. And yet you remember it because it's different. So the question is, how do you know if what you're doing is right? Do you go by your own gut? I mean, what if the ad agency says, look, this is going to sell? And you say, yeah, it's going to sell, but, you know, it may not be me. So how do you, Steve, how do you work with that? Well, I, I think you do it by a, a, couple, a combination of things. One is to really gauge, um, again, the metrics that um, occur after the ad has been placed. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of advertising, the payoff doesn't come immediately, and so that's why we talk about advertising really being an investment rather than a cost because mm-hmm. you might run an ad, and the benefit from that ad doesn't immediately hit, but it helps build up awareness that resides in your customer's mind over time, 
and it might be the fifth time they see that ad that they mm-hmm. they finally make a purchase decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there's a lot of intuition. Um, there's a lot of you know trying to quantify the results of advertising, um, and I think in, in, to a certain degree we need to be a little bit outrageous. Uh, we mm-hmm. need to be in our advertising occupying. You know the white space in people's mm-hmm. minds, not right. not the gray area where all the clutter is. So outrageous sometimes is where we need to be. Okay, all right, we're going to take a break. My guest is Stephen Strausser, Ph.D. His book is MBA in a Day: What You Would Learn at Top Tier Business Schools If Only You Had Time. Uh, so stay tuned, folks. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Information you need, when you need it, VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time to Voice America for True Life in God with Betsy Serafin. On the show, Betsy will talk about the importance of having God in your life, as well as discuss how God is calling Christians to come together in the heart. So make it a point to tune in to True Life in God every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. In today's world, it's hard to find the truth with anything. Is there such a thing as the truth? Where and how can I find it? Will someone just give it to me straight? Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific for Mario's Verdad, an exciting new show that will give it to you straight every time and tackle the truth behind everything from political issues and crime to vocational and career counseling. So log on and tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. This is Dr. Kat Basile, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The defendant, having been found guilty, is sentenced to a term of five years imprisonment. Defendant will be remanded to custody immediately. On June 4th, my big brother was sentenced to five years in prison for a gun crime. That day, he sentenced me to five years of walking home alone from school. When you commit a gun crime, your family pays the price. Gun crimes hit home. A public service announcement brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Tune in every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to Voice America for Global Security with Victor Plesner. Global Security is the show that covers international security issues for all walks of life since 9-11 and what the future may present to keep our world safe. You will hear from leaders of global security companies as well as authors of books on law enforcement and terrorism. So join us Fridays at 8 a.m. for Global Security with Victor Plesner right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. We're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. Again, Positive Living brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. We are here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. We rebroadcast the show on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific, and you can call us at 888-335-5204 on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific. My guest today is Dr. Stephen 
Strausser, Ph.D., author of the new book, MBA in a Day, What You Would Learn at Top-Tier Business Schools If Only You Had the Time. And Dr. Strausser uh, received a Ph.D. from the University of Michigan where he taught marketing and marketing strategy. And he's currently clinical professor teaching entrepreneurship at Thunderbird, the Garvin School of International Management. Um, welcome back, Steve. Let's talk about... Um, you know, we've been talking about finances and how important it is to find the right people and to really watch your bottom line and to do the right advertising. But let's talk about how you're not going to get there if you're not a good leader and you don't have a good team. And many times um, professionals are so focused on what they're doing that they're not really thinking about the organizational piece. So talk a little bit about the leadership and team building aspect. Sure. Well, I think, you know, especially when we're looking at professionals like doctors and attorneys and architects, you know, all of their professional training is focused on making them individually um, perform uh, at exceptionally high levels. And so because so much of their focus is on developing their own skills, they aren't always the best people to sort of play well with others, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. And so we look at, at professionals in particular we find that their leadership skills are something that they really need to spend a lot of time thinking about or and developing. So when we talk about um, leadership, I think a very um, interesting um, quote is provided by Peter Drucker, who is really one of the uh, leading thought leaders in the world of uh, management and leadership. Yeah. And uh, Peter Drucker has a, um, uh, a quote that says, uh, management is doing things right, Leadership is doing the right thing. So he makes an important mm-hmm. distinction between being a manager and a leader. So I think the first thing is to figure out, you know, am I a good manager or do I have what it takes to be a leader? A manager is really somebody who uh, gets the job done, you know, th- you know, is responsible for delivering a product at the end of the day. But a leader really has a wider role. It has more of a visionary kind of role. It's also harder to measure and harder to get your arms around. Mm-hmm. So, so good leaders are, are much, um, much harder to find and mu- much harder to develop. You know, so about leadership, we're really talking about this more visionary kind of perspective. Well, in your book, I mean, you talk a lot about this. Do you think, in addition to reading your book, folks who haven't been trained in this area should take courses? I, I think so. I think that um, that you can learn a lot by um, case studies, for instance. Uh, I think it's also important to read the leadership style of um, high-visibility persons. So, for instance, Jack Welch has a, a new book mm-hmm. out about leadership, and I think that's compelling. I think um, Good to Great is a very interesting read about leadership. Uh, in that book, Jim Collins talks about, you know, what it takes to be a leader, um, getting the right people on the bus, so to speak. But I think importantly in, um, in Jim Collins' book is the notion that great leaders do not have to be these huge personalities with great charisma that we normally associate. In fact, he cites the fact that most high-performing companies are led by people who you might think of more as having an accountant's mentality. Mm-hmm. Very methodical, very plotting, very calculated. Is that kind yeah. of what you mean? 
Exactly. Very process-oriented, very mm-hmm. detail-oriented, very, um, very concerned about how people perform and offering mm-hmm. um, a lot of themselves in terms of mentoring and coaching. Versus- do, do you think that if, you, uh, if you're uh, a leader and you're working with somebody who's got great potential and they're good, but they're going through a hard time or you're starting to see inconsistency in their work, do you advise folks to hire consultants to help you? I mean, if you feel uncomfortable as a leader in really kind of dealing with those one-to-one issues or personal issues, what would be your suggestion for a leader in that role where all of a sudden, you know, someone is now inconsistent in their performance? Right. Well, I, I think that the first thing, though, is for that leader to uh, reach out to that person and um, create a kind of a safe environment to um, work with that person to find out what it is that is creating that inconsistency. Um, and so I think, you know, it, it's good to bring in outside people, but the trust really has to be developed between that leader and the person that's the subject of this concern. So work on it on your own if you can, and if you have a problem, get outside help, basically. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Now, another thing in your book that kind of, I think, ties into leadership, you have a whole chapter on ethics. So ethics meaning code of conduct, um, maybe ethics of the company, maybe mission statements. Uh, How do you reinforce the ethics of the company? Should everyone be reading that mission statement all the time? Should there be meetings? What's your feeling on that? Well, yes. I I think that um, ethics, um, you know, unfortunately in today's world, we really have to spend a lot of time and energy um, looking at ethics. And I think uh, another... um, Concept, and again, going back to our premise of MBA concepts that you know you get in an MBA program, would be the concept of developing a culture in your organization, and that culture then leads into the notion of ethics. So let me just spend a minute, uh, a couple seconds, talking sure. about the culture. And what leaders do is really develop the culture of the company, and. Culture is another hard-to-define, hard-to-get-your-arms-around kind of concept. But Mm -hmm. but you and I, you know, we notice it every day. When you go into one dry cleaner, um, you know, store, you can tell the culture is much different than if you go right down the street to another dry cleaner. Mm -hmm. You know, just the way of doing things, just the kind of karma, if you will, that goes on in that organization. Um, and these are all really shaped by the leader of that organization and how they impart the values um, into the organization. So developing that culture and developing the values that are important in the organization also shapes that organization's ethics. And so, you know, it's really uh, critical to, to develop um, a set of values and to state those values for everybody in the organization to understand, to communicate, and align with. And if the people are not aligned with those values, then they probably don't belong in that organization. Okay. So it, it, you think that that's kind of at the core of everything 
is to make sure, you know, and maybe some of the problems with your workers or employees is that they aren't adhering to that mission statement or the ethics. Right, right. And, and you know, when they, when they start, um, you know, operating out of their own needs versus the needs of the company and the, I would say ultimately the needs of its customers, then there's this inconsistency in value, and that's where I think we head south, so to speak, in um, uh, in the ethics of the organization. Okay. All right. We have a couple minutes left before break. Um, let's talk a little bit about negotiation in terms of whether it's negotiating with a client or whether it's negotiating with an employee or with a partner. Um, spend a couple of minutes, and then we'll come back to that after the break. Okay, sure. Well, you know, the whole idea of negotiation, I think, you know, another sort of misconception that we have in today's world is that negotiation is all about toughness and strength and uh, power. And mm-hmm. um, I don't think anything could be further from the truth. I mean, certainly there are cases where, you know, you have these, uh, hard-headed um, kinds of confrontations, uh, you know, the la- a lot of labor unions, a lot of strikes, strife, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's associated with this hard type of negotiating. But really, I mean, we negotiate every day. We negotiate with our teenage kids about, you know, how many times they can use the car, when they have to come in at night, and, and those sorts of things. So negotiation is part of our everyday life. And yet... I think that we can be very successful negotiators without having this sort of tough, hard sort of approach to negotiation. And it's really more about finding out what's important to the other side and figuring out ways to let the other side get what they want while we get what we want. So it's kind of the win-win, trying to create the win-win. As much much as, as you can. There are, um, I've had authors on the program that don't believe in the win-win and, you know, that believe that you should get what you need. But on the other hand, don't you think it's important for the other person to feel that they're getting what they need to? Well, certainly in the case where you would hope to develop a long-term relationship with whoever you're negotiating with. Mm. Um, now, you know, arguably, if it's a one-off um, negotiation where, you will probably never have to do business with this person again, and maybe you could take a winner-take-all kind of approach. But even that, you know, has its effect in terms of reputation. And, um, you know, we live in a, even though we're a complex world, we live in small communities. Mm -hmm. It's true. You have to think about your future as well. All right, we're going to take a break. My guest is Dr. Stephen Strelser, Ph.D., author of the new book, MBA in a day, what you would learn at top-tier business schools if only you had the time. Dr. Steven Strasser is a clinical professor at Thunderbird, the Garvin School of International Management, where he teaches entrepreneurship, and he's the founder and CEO of the Center for Professional Development, an organization dedicated to the further training and development of professionals. And he does lead one-day seminars in MBA in a day, and he brings these leading-edge concepts to the best business schools. So, folks, you're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin, and uh, stay tuned. You can also log on to his website, which is mbainaday.com. Is that right, Stephen? 
mbaunaday.com. All right, stay tuned. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to raskinresources.com. Cutting edge, challenging, stimulating. You're listening to voiceamerica.com. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Getterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lewis, and you're listening to voiceamerica.com. The defendant, having been found guilty, is sentenced to a term of five years imprisonment. Defendant will be remanded to custody immediately. On June 4th, my big brother was sentenced to five years in prison for a gun crime. That day, he sentenced me to five years of walking home alone from school. When you commit a gun crime, your family pays the price. Gun crimes hit home. A public service announcement brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. When tax time comes, are you the person that goes to your accountant with a shoebox literally full of receipts? Stop wasting your accountant's time as well as your own by organizing your finances with the help of Joe Dunphy and Poor Richard's Shoebox. Heard live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Poor Richard's Shoebox will let you know what you can do to organize for tax time as well as how to get the most out of your retirement. So get all of your receipts together and tune in to Poor Richard's Shoebox with Joe Dunphy every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Tune in every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to Voice America for Global Security with Victor Plesner. Global Security is the show that covers international security issues for all walks of life since 9-11 and what the future may present to keep our world safe. You will hear from leaders of global security companies as well as authors of books on law enforcement and terrorism. So join us Fridays at 8 a.m. for Global Security with Victor Plesner right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. We're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And as I always say, I am here on Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I. And that's why my program is here, Positive Living, which brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. We're here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And you can call us at 888-335-5204. My guest today is Dr. Steven Strausser, Ph.D., author of the new book, MBA in a Day, What You Would Learn at Top-Tier Business Schools If Only You Had the Time. 
Dr. Strausser is a clinical professor at Thunderbird, the Garvin School of International Management, where he teaches entrepreneurship and is the founder and CEO of the Center for Professional Development, an organization dedicated to the further training and development of professionals. Welcome back, Steve. Thank you. Okay. Let's talk about customer service. You know, one of the things that we've got to do as, as professionals, entrepreneurs, or even if we're in a company, is we've got to look at our customers. Sometimes they're our internal customer, which could be our employee, and many times they're our external customer who is ultimately paying our bills. So what do you have to say about customer service and how important it is? Well, you know, I think it's absolutely uh, essential uh, in today's world, and it comes from the simple notion that uh, a customer is like an annuity. And if that customer is well-served and well-treated, uh, the customer will keep coming back. This is, you know, so fundamentally common sense, but yet it's amazing how many organizations uh, overlook this. And I think one of the ways they overlook it is by sort of ignoring the importance of people in the organization that touch the customer. So mm-hmm. you look at a large, complex organization, you know, a you know, Fortune 500 organization, and you look at all the time and effort they spend in training and um, education. Well, most of that training and education is spent at the top, you know, for the mm-hmm. president, the senior vice presidents, the vice presidents, and managers. But so little of that money is spent on the people who touch the customer. And so, I've, you know, my one of my thoughts is that you really should turn things upside down in terms of where you spend money and attention and, and pay attention to the people that touch your customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's, it's really all about reaching out, it sounds to me. I mean, reaching out and trying to understand their needs. Isn't that true? Sometimes do you think that we think we understand our customer's need, but we really don't? Do we have to read between the lines sometimes when they're talking? Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, um, I, I think one of the most important customers that um, any organization can tap into are unhappy customers. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you can understand what makes a customer unhappy, uh, you can fix something. But, you know, so many, um, uh, so many customers just give up, and they don't give you any feedback at all. They just go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so it's the customer that, that actually gives you negative feedback that you really sort of treasure and really want to uh, find out what it is about the process that uh, made them unhappy. So so I would say, you know, if you have customer feedback forums, um, those that give you negative feedback are absolutely critical. So do you think that you should always have customer feedback forums? Well, I, you know, I guess um, it, I would say most, you know, most organizations that um, uh, that becomes an important uh, mechanism. Um, you know, beyond simply getting information back, also it communicates to your customer base that you really care about what they think. Um, but I think once you implement a customer feedback system, you must react to it. I mean, it, it, the worst thing is to have one that is uh, meaningless and ineffective. Mm-hmm. And that's the other part, is how do you know sometimes when something is really important or not? Sometimes we may take to heart a criticism 
that maybe it's just one person's criticism and not the majority. Absolutely. I mean, you really you have to be careful to um, sense sense the trend, um, and certainly you want to react to you know one piece of negative uh, feedback, but. Um, you know, you find out, is it a one-off experience? Is it something that uh, took place because just, you know, a convergence of um, events that probably will not happen again? Or is it um, sort of part of the mechanism? Is it some sort of internal flaw that uh, is symptomatic to your company? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds to me like you feel that if people would take the time to get the feedback, they could avoid a lot of issues. I think so. And, you know, going back to our leadership um, discussion, um, you know, I think some of the best leaders are leaders that spend time um, at the margins of the, their organization. So, in other words, the CEO who spends time in the branch offices to really get close to the customer, mm -hmm. to understand what's going on in the organization, mm -hmm. and also to um, treat the employees, as you mentioned, um, to treat the employees as customers as well. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've seen it. I've seen it even in the hotel management where, for example, in a small club where the manager will just get right out there, right, you know, on the beach and the tennis courts. I mean, he's out there with those, right. with those people. And I, I'm very impressed with that because he, he's just, uh, he's not sitting behind his desk. He's out there where the people are. Just walking around, just kind of there, and I, I think that's that's strong. You don't always see that in management. Yeah, there, there is this uh, saying, um, leadership by walking around. Really? And, and, and it refers to the the, uh, the CEO or the you know top level executives who really lead um, outside of their office by being outside mm -hmm. their office and by walking around. And it first you know the first got popular. In, in terms of talking about walking around the factory floor, yeah. where um, yeah. you know visionary leaders yeah. would go out on the factory floor, would show the line people, the people on the production mm -hmm. lines that that you know they care about them and they you know talk to them and and, that, that and don't you think that when you do that that your employees will be much uh, more apt to talk to you and tell you a problem, particularly if you're out there saying, look, how's it going? Any, anything I need to know? Yeah, absolutely. There's this famous um, study. In organizational behavior, the uh, Hawthorne studies that took place in the 20s uh, that first got in touch with this idea of how, um, you know, line and factory people very much appreciate and respond to the attention that is given to them by top management. Yes. Yeah. Sure, because they feel like they're heard and they feel like they're listened to. And the other point might be for you to talk about just what it means to the employee to feel recognized and appreciated. I mean, for all of us it's important, but how often the employee will go that extra mile. And I really think that many times employers do not understand that. That just sometimes saying, thank you, that really meant a lot, you did a great job, you know, you stayed late the other night and it, it really made a difference. It's amazing how, how much mileage you'll get from that, and I think sometimes leaders don't always know that. What do you think? Uh, no, I think that that's absolutely right, and, and especially in, um, you know, the customer-oriented kinds of organizations where, 
Um, you have very flat organizations where there are a lot of people interacting with your customers, and to make them feel valued simply translates into better customer service. Um, I think one of the best examples of this kind of um, customer service orientation and treating employees like customers is found in Southwest Airlines, where, you know, they basically have the same tangible assets that, that other airlines have, the same kinds of airplanes, same gates, same baggage handling equipment. Everything you can touch is the same, yet what differentiates them is the human side of their human resources side of their organization, and the way they do that is by making everybody in that organization feel important to the mission of that company. Mm-hmm. And and I have found, as we were saying, it's such a simple thing, and it sometimes gets overlooked in the pressures of running the business that we're overlooking. How many times you as the leader are not, you know, you're not on the, and you're not on the tier that's talking to the customer. So you're not always making the difference. Employee is making the difference. And sometimes I think that's forgotten. And then what happens is the customer may be dissatisfied and the leader never finds out. Right. Well, I, I think more and more companies are going in, going into this um, sort of town hall approach to involving um people at the margins of the organization, involving mm-hmm. them in the organization and getting feedback that they can reflect at the very top. So they're staying close, more closely in touch with the exactly. people on the front lines in a sense. Yeah. Right. Which really is important. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking more about, you know, how do you run a good business and how do you get what you need to know even if you haven't gotten an MBA or you haven't been to business school. My guest is Dr. Steven Strausser, Ph.D., author of the new book, MBA in a Day, What You Would Learn at Top-Tier Business Schools If Only You Had the Time. Uh, Steven Strausser, Ph.D., is a clinical professor at Thunderbird, the Garvin School of International Management, where he teaches entrepreneurship. He's the founder and CEO of the Center for Professional Development, an organization dedicated to the further training and development of professionals. So when we come back, we're going to be talking more about uh, getting an MBA uh, in terms of your knowledge base, not literally having to go to school, but learning what you need to know to run your business effectively. And, again, you can call us after the break at 888-335-5204. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Make Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race stars. 
If you own a greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Connecting your world, the Internet's number one talk and information station, voiceamerica.com. How can you have a better life on your terms? You can have a better life because you can become better. Stop waiting for everything around you to change. Tune in every Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Voice America for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. David Martin, an internationally recognized speaker, will teach you what successful people are doing. So join us Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. Right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And again, as I always say, I'm very happy to be part of Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power. The Internet is the future, and the future is now. That's why I'm here. That's why Positive Living is here. And Positive Living brings you practical solutions, positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. You can call us at 888-335-5204. We're here Mondays live at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and then rebroadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. My guest today is Dr. Stephen Strausser, Ph.D., author of the new book, MBA in a Day, What You Would Learn at Top-Tier Business Schools If Only You Had the Time. Stephen Strausser is a clinical professor at Thunderbird, the Garvin School of International Management, where he teaches entrepreneurship. He's the founder and CEO of the Center for Professional Development, an organization dedicated to the further training and development of professionals. Welcome back, Steve. You know, we were talking before or during the break about more and more folks today want to go into their own business or they want to make some residual income or passive income on the side, and they want to become their own entrepreneur. They may still stay in another business, but they often want to branch out. What advice do you give to new entrepreneurs um, or to people who are thinking about creating something on their own? Well, I, I think uh, the number one piece of advice really is to tap into a passion or um, something that you do very well and think of ways to uh, leverage that into uh, into a business. Because if you are going to start your own business, you're going to be spending inordinate amounts of time on it 
and you ought to be doing spending that time on something that basically interests you. So, you know, you look at your hobbies, you look at the way that you want to spend, the, how you spend extra time when you're not working, what do you read about. I have this test that I call the locked in the library test where I suggest to entrepreneurs, if you were locked overnight in the library and, you know, had, um, you know, four or five hours to kill, what section of the library would you just gravitate to mm-hmm. and tap into mm-hmm. whatever interest area that might be and find a way to create a business around that? Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's important because, as you said, you're going to be in this for a long time. So almost, almost, it's almost like a hobby in a way. What would you do? Do something that you love that you would do if it was a hobby. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, that would be one approach. I mean, you know, and, of course, there are, you know, some very seriously successful hobby kinds of businesses that you can, you know, you can tap into. But but also think about it as a business. So you really want to formalize that interest and, um, you know, and create it like a, like a real, you know, a real business. Um, so, do you work with a lot of folks that, that want to start their own businesses? Yeah, I, I teach um, the uh, MBA courses that I teach. Uh, that I teach are all about starting businesses. So I mm-hmm. work with entrepreneurs, you know, almost every. And these aren't necessarily huge companies, right? These can be one-person businesses. Well, right. I mean, um, you know, we have this misconception that we all have to start the next Microsoft. And <laughs> there are there are some very profitable successful businesses that are smaller in scope, uh, you know, very profitable and create meaningful incomes to people and, um, you know, can uh, can give a great lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where do you, when you work with folks and you teach entrepreneurship, what would you say is the, maybe the first misconception people have or the first thing that may put them in the wrong direction that they have to look at? Is it the business well, plan? Is it not having clear goals? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's this, uh, this misconception that I also call, I, I thought I coined this term until I saw it in the uh, Harvard Business Journal, but um, <laughs> I think a lot of entrepreneurs have a, a field of dreams approach to their business idea. That is, if, they, if you build it, they will come. And one of the things that they don't, consider or really think about or invest in is the idea of marketing and creating awareness of this great new idea. So right. if, if you do have a great idea, um, you need to put the resources in to make the world aware of this great new idea. And, and let's talk about being capitalized and undercapitalized because a lot of businesses go under because they haven't been able to think about what they have to spend and they're undercapitalized. How would you advise people there? Well, you know, unfortunately, there's really no silver bullet to adequately predicting exactly how much money you're going to need. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what is important, an important antidote to that, though, is to identify um, more immediate sources of revenue or sales and try to leverage those early customers as sort of your financing vehicle. So it might mean that your first few customers you have to discount heavily to get them in the door. But uh, those early customers can, in effect, provide you with the revenue that you need, the cash you need to um, 
you know, get to the next level and then get into the more higher margin kinds of customers. So, so really think about, you know, who's going to write checks for your business and aggressively pursue them and almost make them partners in your business. Hmm. And charge them less than you would, in a sense? Yeah, you, you might have to make them, uh, you know, very um, serious concessions, but, you know, they can become marquee customers. They can become customers that create the credibility you need for your business mm-hmm. and lead you to the next customer. So, so the early customers are really your dearest. So really what I'm hearing from you is that you have to be somewhat creative. I mean, you have uh, to definitely be pragmatic, but you have to be creative and use a lot of intuition. Creative and, yeah, I think tuition, uh, there's, you know, a certain amount of luck involved. Uh, networking becomes absolutely critical to let people know about your business because uh, very often you, what you want to create is serendipity and create the opportunity that maybe you didn't even think about. Yeah. Um, so you put, you put it out there, you, um, you know, create networks, you meet with not only potential customers, but people who might know potential customers. So creating the buzz and, um, you know, and the word of mouth about your, your new company. Right. So, again, but it comes back to what you say, though, with the plan, that you have to have clear goals and a plan in the beginning. Yeah, I, I think that even in the smallest of businesses, uh, you really have to commit your ideas to paper. And so mm-hmm. it's not... It's not all about writing a 50-page business plan. It can be, you know, a five-page business right. plan or ten-page. Right. Um, yeah. If people, if your listeners will go to my website, mbaanaday.com, I've got an outline, a template, uh, free downloadable on the website that is a business plan template and can be used to trigger your thoughts about how to put all the pieces in place to be successful. Okay. Thank you so much for being on the program. I really appreciate it. If you had one closing thought in 30 seconds, what would you say for people to get anything out of getting an MBA in a day? Well, I think it's to uh, really look at whatever business you're in or whatever business you're thinking about. Think about it very holistically. Uh, Give it a 360-degree view. So uh, it's not any one thing that's going to make you successful. It's going to be being successful in lots of different things, and that's really what what an MBA is all about, and, and really that's what my book uh, book delivers. Thank you so much, Steve. Stan Wine, thank you so much. Stephen Strassler, Ph.D., author of MBA in a Day, What You Would Learn at Top-Tier Business Schools If Only You Have the Time. Next week, my guest is Cindy Lowry, jewelry artist, speaker, and author of Harmony and Me, which is a nurturing, comforting book with answers to life's most pressing questions. Through her personal narrative, her poetry and art, Cindy Laurie weaves a tapestry of faith and hope in miracles, and she shares pearls of wisdom for living a peaceful, joyful life. So again, folks, you can log on to my website, raskinresources.com, get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, and listen to my archive shows that are archived on my site from Voice America. And until next week, uh, it's just an honor and a pleasure to be with you and to bring you such wonderful people who can help you live the kinds of life that you want to live. So, again, this show is on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. Have a great day.
listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfindings, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com.